because of YouTube. And we're live. Welcome to The Wan Show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got a fantastic show for you guys today. We've got all the topics that were fully fleshed out by the writers ahead of the show, and then a couple that Luke and I were just kind of passionate about and wanted to talk about, including that whole controversy where a fan recreated all the levels, except the bonus ones, of GoldenEye in Far Cry 5, and then had them pulled after a copyright claim. We're going to be talking about that. We've also got, what's our what's our headline topic today? Ah, yes. Windows has turned it up to 11. And I think now that we've had some time to process, both Luke and I have some thoughts. That's right. We've got some thoughts yeah. on Twitch. And we're also streaming on YouTube and Floatplane. What else we got today? Um, AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution is finally here. Ooh. It has It has landed. It is in the building. And John McAfee uh, just got epstein McAfee found dead in prison. That is a very controversial way of uh, phrasing that. Um, that's the title that's in the doc. Yeah. I. Uh, so he was he was found dead in a Spanish jail. That's, okay. Let's roll the intro. Uh, one moment, please. And the show is brought to you today by Cloud Linux, Honey, and Ridge Wallet. All right, why don't we jump right into the headline topic, Windows 11. Luke, are you ready? When are you? Yeah. Okay, you know what? Uh, do we want to go through the main? As soon as of... possible. Okay, what, really? I'm in. I'm what, in. Really? Yeah. I am not quite. I'm. I, I think there's a joke that I'm not getting here. I did. I did. I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about everything okay. that was. Announced. I'm gonna do it as soon as possible, on like not my main device, so I can make sure it's, you know, stable because I have to work. Okay. Sure. Um, okay. But but I'm I'm highly interested. I'll say that much. Okay. Yeah. So Microsoft Windows 11 event took place yesterday, making the new operating system official after a leaked build hit the internet a week ago. Some people were a little salty about the event, uh, notably Anthony. I had to desalinate the script uh, as I was going through it with him. I was like, you seem mad, bro. And he's like, well, I am mad. I had to get up at six in the morning and they spent the vast majority of my precious time alive on this earth talking about stuff that doesn't matter and very little of the time talking about features that engineers actually worked on. And so, so I, I get it. I understand. I mean, yeah, not everyone in the world had to wake up and watch the event live. People could have, you know, I think the general public could have probably watched a VOD. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily the most fair criticism ever. Or a really um, great compact summary on Linus Tech Tips' YouTube channel or, or something that, like that. I think but, Tech Quickie, right, this time? Or Tech... <laughs> Uh, actually, we hit it on we hit it on TechLinked, we hit it on TechQuickie, we hit it on Linus Tech Tips. It's Just kind of big everything. news. Nice, yeah. It's sort of a big deal. Up. Yeah, it makes honestly, I get it. It makes sense. And there's different ways of writing it. And yeah, I'm in. I'm down. And let's um, talk about some of the stuff that was a big deal. Like, yeah. run, run us through everything they talked about during the event here. This, I think, is actually this is 
bigger for me than I almost would like to admit, but really? rounded frosted glass aesthetic. I have <laughs> hated so much how Windows 8, 8.1, and 10 have all looked. I, I just, I don't normally care that much about aesthetic stuff, but like, you heard it here, oh, folks. Man. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Luke doesn't like them flat. He likes them round. <laughs> you know, it's just a thing, okay? Come on. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it does, I wouldn't say it looks like Windows 7, um, but it, it, it resembles some of the older, rounder designs a little bit more. Um, I liked the have... look of Vista. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can hear the booze. I can hear the yeah. booze from here, but I liked it. I um I like some parts of it. I think if you when you look back at Vista now, it's kind of like ooh. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that's fair. But at the time, I liked Vista. I really liked Windows Seven. Um, this might get some flares, but especially at the time. Yeah. Not not really anymore, but especially at the time, I really liked Windows XP. Um, I so far I like the general design aesthetic that they're going for, which is very cool. Uh, they have a new touch optimized interface that makes sense. It offers larger touch targets and visual indicators. Okay, smart. And uh, I, you know, hold on. I mean, let's 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 go through these a little more slowly because I want to talk sure. about that. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people kind of actually hating on that, and I don't really get it anymore because sure, what? the I mean, when did when did Windows Eight come out? Uh, was that about ten years ago? I think. Oh, just Windows 8's release date, um, 2012, August 1st, 2012. So that was nine years ago, Windows 8 came out. At that time, I understand why people were upset about a touch-first approach to a desktop yes. operating system. Yes. It made and no I sense. I was too. Yeah. Nowadays, outside of the desktop, you walk down the you know, laptop aisle at your local Best Buy, I'd say a solid, at least 30 to 50% of the Windows devices do have touchscreens on them. And as someone who has gotten very accustomed to touch on my laptop in particular, I have no problem with Microsoft giving a little bit more thought to how I can use Windows better with a touchscreen. And compared to what they did with Windows 8, so far I haven't seen anything to indicate that Windows 11 is really giving the middle finger to desktop yes. users yes. in order to make touch better. That's a very important point because when, when we first got Windows 8 with the Metro UI stuff, yeah. and it, it looks like you're playing that game where you have to like shift the blocks on the board to make the picture connect, it, we're not dealing with that. It's, yeah. just, it's just a little bit more optimized, makes it a little bit easier, which totally makes sense. But you can see in their videos and stuff, they didn't hack up the the... They didn't hack everything up and make it look like Windows 8 again. Um, that Metro stuff can get out of here. Um, anyways, this one, uh, I didn't actually catch if you could realign it, mm -hmm. but the it I did hear they said default, so I'm kind of hoping that means you can realign it because I'm not really sold on it so far. But the start menu is center, or the task bar is now center aligned. You can. You can realign yeah, yeah, okay. it. Uh, there's a yeah. registry value that you can change to move it over to the left. At least that is true in the early build that we saw. Now, one okay. thing that does appear to be true based on what I've seen so far, but I haven't actually tried to force it, is that it doesn't appear as though you can move the taskbar and the start menu to the side or top of your display. And some people are super mad about that. And you know what? I get it. 
as much as I personally vomit inside my own mouth a little bit every time I see a taskbar on the left or yep. the right, yeah, um, because and maybe part of it is just that I come from the the five by four and at the very worst, 16 by 10 days, you know, like for me, it's just it's a sin to put the taskbar on the left or the right, because it used to be you actually had most of your space you didn't care about at the bottom of the screen. It was a sensible yeah. place to put it. CRTs were four by three, early LCDs were five by four, and then 16 by 10 was the, the like the early widescreen resolution. So it always like made sense to have it there. And then 16 by nine, it's been the it's been the screen aspect ratio that has bothered me rather than me adapting myself and my habits to put my taskbar I, somewhere else where the extra space is. I would also argue uh, that a lot of modern apps um, and a lot of websites have kind of normalized this menu on the left side idea. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and vertical scrolling, now that everything's designed yeah. for mobile, is totally more important. So I get it. I, I So as much as it makes me vomit a little bit, I understand why people want to do it, and I will defend their, their right to use their computer the way they want to do it with my last breath. I mean, this is something that we talked about when I was complaining about not having T9 dialing on iOS. The point was not that yes. there, there is no other way to dial a number. So many people brought up that you can swipe down and use Spotlight and type someone's name and then call them that way. You can. Good for you. That's not the point. The point is that it would cost basically nothing for Apple to implement it. And there's also nothing wrong with T9 dialing. And why am I, like, why am I allowing Apple to decide how I should use my device. They should just give users choice. I should using a device should be in a way that's comfortable for me, the user. Remember the customer's always right. Remember that was a thing a long time ago, once upon a time. So well, I don't really agree with that. But... Okay. Sometimes the customer is a complete idiot and that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Karen, you're just going to have to leave the store. But, yeah. but in this case, I absolutely side pun intended with the people who don't think the taskbar and the start menu should be stuck at the bottom. They should be allowed to move it because who freaking cares? And maybe for Microsoft, they were sitting here going, well, it's a lot of work for us to have this swipe in from the left widget thing and also allow people to have a start menu there. It was going to like mess stuff up and our aesthetic would be bad. You know what? It's not up to you. Just let people use their computers the way they want to use them. There, that's it, my whole yeah, thing. Make, make it able to be designated. I want this side to be the swipe in news thing. I want this side to be the start menu. Exactly. How hard is that? I mean, probably hard. You know, I, I'm, I admit, I'm, I'm admittedly not a software developer, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. That's all. All yes. right, what's next? Okay, uh, moving on. Redesign start menu with Office 365 Sync, of course, and OneDrive Search, of course. Um, search is probably still going to be a complete mess that doesn't work at all. Um, I, and, I'm no, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe. I choose really? to believe, Luke. I choose to believe. <sighs> it's not like they've never built a good search in the start menu. They used to have a good one. I mean, it's been a while. The, the, I, I don't believe. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you believe. don't believe. I, All right. My my issue is that I they're still gonna have it like internet connected. It's still gonna search the web, and it was theoretically incredibly easy to fix this entire time if they just prioritized local over web, yeah. and they just never did it. 
And like there, there was some other options, but I or there were some other problems. But personally, I think that was the core one because I believe that caused a lot of the other ones, and they just yeah. never fixed it. So I don't yeah. believe they're going to fix it now because they want to be your one-stop shop. They want to be your search. They want to do that other kind of stuff. So they have this ulterior motive that is going to lead them down the path of still suggesting internet stuff over local stuff, which is not good. Can I play devil's advocate for a second here? Now. Microsoft has a ton of telemetry data from Windows 10 users about how they use the OS. What if, Luke, what if searching for files and programs on your local PC is actually the minority of how that feature is used? Uh, okay, so maybe. I haven't personally ever heard of someone complaining about it working that way. And when it fails to find things that Windows 7 or or Windows 8 could have found, that's when it gets really awkward. Um, yeah. It it feels it it if it had the same level of functionality and also gave web results, which it doesn't. Yeah. To be very clear. Yes. But if it did, I don't think you'd have these level of complaints. I don't mind the fact that it searches the web. To be completely honest, I do yeah. mind the fact that I can never find really basic things and I end up installing the installer for things repeatedly because the installer for the software can find that I have it installed, blah, 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 blah. Super annoying. Um, Cause I'm like, oh, I guess I never installed that tool that I thought I used once eight months ago. And then it's like, wait, I did. Search just never found it. Cool. Now, Super here's, annoying. here's another crazy sort of out there thought. Uh, Mass Gulking says, I've had so many issues doing tech support with people not understanding that some of the Windows search results are web results. Totally. So what if through the feature being so bad, all the users who wanted to use it for local search just outright stopped using it and all the people who liked using it for web results continued to use it and it became sort of this positive feedback loop so that they it's continue the to double down on it being a web search feature. It's one of the problems with telemetry data is you don't necessarily know when something is, is frustrating. You just know that people are using it, um, right? I, yeah, there's there's a lot of issues with there's a lot of issues with that um, in a lot of different ways, right? You got you got to take it for what it is, and I yeah, I think there could be worries about um, them using it the wrong way. All right, what else we got? All right, next up, new on-screen keyboard. It has emojis, it has yep. tenor GIFs, it has gestures, it has a, a thumb typing board. GIFs, Neat. yeah, go ahead. GIFs. <laughs> He's so mad. He's so mad. That's uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, that's cool. That kind of goes in line with the new touch optimized interface stuff. Like th yeah. that is going to be helpful. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. I'm I'm excited. So, I'm excited. Yeah. I, I use a two in one daily, so that I'm really excited for that. I don't. So it's not like a major personal thing for me, but I think it's a very good thing for the operating system to have as a whole. Oh, you know sense. what it's going to be great for? Thing. OK, do, do your next thing. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, new widgets panel slides in a pane of not gadgets of not gadgets and news from anywhere. Sure. It's they're trying to modernize. They're trying to feel more like mobile. They they're going to have it. So you can slide in the thing from the side where you can get news. If you have a Android phone, I'm sure Apple has something similar. If you have an Android phone, if you swipe to the right on your homepage, you should get a lot of news and stuff on the side. Um, pen input is getting better with haptic feedback support. That's fantastic. It's a good thing. 
it's definitely only a good thing. Um, Auto HDR is coming to Windows to expand dynamic range for non-HDR games. Pretty neat. Um, direct storage supported out of the box on Windows 11 for games that support it. Also good. They talked about games a lot at this event. Um, Xbox Game Pass is now part of the Xbox app included in Windows. Cool. I sort of thought that was already a thing, actually. He's back. We'll talk to him in a moment. I'm here. I'm listening. I was just talking about how it says Xbox Game Pass is now part of the Xbox app included in Windows. Was that not a thing already? Uh, oh, man. One sec. Um, I think the integration's just better. Uh, it's kind of like the multiple desktop thing. Uh, a lot of people were really confused when I was talking about that in the initial video. They're like, um, actually, Linus, Windows has had support for multi-desktop views for a long time. You just use this button. Like, no, no, I know. Uh, they made it better. So now you can have uh, different backgrounds for your different monitors if you have a multi-monitor setup and stuff like that. I had just meant that they improved it. I didn't mean okay. that they didn't okay. have a feature like that at all. It also does a better job of remembering where your windows are supposed to be when you unplug or plug in a new monitor. So um, that was what I was talking about. Sometimes I think people make assumptions. When I say something, they kind of um, make assumptions based on oh, words the that way, come out of my mouth. The way this is written leaves it kind of... It's not too open to that. It says Xbox Game Pass is now part of the Xbox app included in Windows. Um, which I sort of thought it already was, but maybe I am wrong. Um, moving on, though. Direct Teams integration, of course. Um, it also says here probably because Microsoft couldn't buy Discord. Oof. Um, and Android app support in, like... A way that I'm not a huge fan of, um, yep. which says it's relying on the Amazon App Store, which is kind of However, this is pretty cool. So uh, check this out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, John Joe asks, hey, regardless of the Amazon Google App Store stuff, surely you'll also just be able to load APKs from Windows, right? The answer is yes, with an exclamation mark. No beating Very around cool. the bush, nothing like that. So sideloading apps appears like it will just be a thing. Boom. There you go. I Love dig it. it. Yeah. As long as you can sideload apps. I don't remember when remember when the ability to sideload apps was not a special feature? You know what I'm saying? Thing by default. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we could take that for granted, just being able to install an app from an unknown unknown source if we feel like it? <sighs> anyway. Okay, also Windows Store, hooray, our favorite thing ever. Uh, it now gives apps that use third-party payment 100% of their revenue. Actually pretty cool. That's actually pretty cool. Unless it's a game. Oof. But their cut is pretty low. It's 12% as of August 12th, 12, 12. Um, That's still, that is pretty low comparatively, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah. Apparently, it says here, but they neglected to tell us about some other things. I'm sure this is still Anthony. <laughs> so I've actually had some requests in the float plane chat for the uh, non, for the fully salinated uh, Anthony cut. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I've never done anything like this before, but I think they want oh. the pre, the pre-edited version of the script. 
Yeah, you should do a script read. Uh, do you do you guys do you guys want to hear want to yeah. hear what the video would have been if I had not changed anything that Anthony wrote? Because we don't really we don't really talk about this a lot. Like people know, I think that as the host, I um, I I I I do input some of my thoughts into the script, and I do make adjustments to what the writers initially bring to me. But I think they might not realize how much at times I I might change. So. I, oh, yeah, okay. People want the they want the full salt mode. Everyone's super into it. Okay, so I will be I'm curious to know. Cool. Okay, I, the, the problem is I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna straw poll it. Okay, I'm gonna straw poll it. I want to know which cut you guys like better. But I think I already know the answer because I know that as the hardcores who watch the WAN show, you guys love Anthony and anything he does is automatically magic. And that's cool because I love Anthony and I think everything he does is automatically magic. So I already know that Anthony's version is going to win. The other reason I know Anthony's version is going to win is because you guys are the hardcores who I think would like us to take a more adversarial stance on things Microsoft and Windows. Um, but what I was doing, I just want to get this out there. What I was doing was I was trying to take some of the personal cynicism uh, out of it and try and make it more about the news. That was the goal. So, okay, which cut is going to be the question? And uh, we're going to have Linus cut, Anthony cut, I don't know, Snyder cut. There you go. Uh, we're a voter. Yeah, uh, create poll. Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to drop this. I'm going to drop this into the, first the float plane chat. We're going to have you guys go first and I'm going to start I'm going to start the read. You guys ready? I'm not doing it in ASMR. That was not that was not a big success for us. The whole ASMR video thing. No. <laughs> the worst performing video in a very long time. All right. So the first frame was going to be Linus holding up a laptop simulating a Windows update with the camera tight on it. Uh, and then it's going to say it only oh, when when the line reads, it only seems that way. We're going to quickly lower the laptop to reveal Linus's face. So we ended up doing a slightly different version of that. It's not every day Windows gets an update. It only seems that way. But this is no ordinary update. For the first time in six years, we're finally getting an official look at a new operating system from Microsoft. But wait, wasn't Windows 10 supposed to be the last version of Windows? What about Windows 10X? And were we wrong about Windows 11 in our preview of the leaked ISO a week ago? Microsoft doesn't seem to know. But I know about sponsors like blank, talking points here, animated intro here. All right. <clears throat> when we first saw Windows 11, it looked like little more than a major interface redesign for Windows 10. But on closer inspection, there was more going on under the hood than we gave it credit for, with reports coming out that Microsoft had enhanced support for hybrid architecture designs like Intel's Lakefield and ARM's Big Little, which is about to come very relevant very soon. And that's why it's so frustrating that Microsoft didn't seem to care one bit about what their own engineers were doing under the hood and instead spent like 90% of the whole runtime just patting themselves on the back and waxing philosophical about how much work gets done on Windows. It's a given that people use Windows, guys. People get work done on Windows. We use Windows for most of our workstations. I don't care that we use Windows. I care what Windows is doing to make that experience better. And there are only a few major items that Microsoft touched on. 
The first and most obvious is the new visual design. They kept talking about how it should feel familiar, how it should feel like home, blah, blah, blah. TLDR, we've seen it already, save for a few details. It's a frosted glass aesthetic with multiple theme styles, rounded corners on windows, and a center-aligned taskbar, an optimization that Microsoft made clear was for touch users. The new start menu, clearly lifted from Windows 10X, is supposedly powered by the cloud, which is shorthand for we included Bing search as usual, and is probably why it was so bloody slow when we tried it out for ourselves last week. All right, so this is part of the editing process as I corrected him that it only did that when we were uh, using like software-based GPU acceleration. It was fine when we were running on a real GPU. But hey, now your recent documents will sync across devices if you're using Office 365, so there's that. There are more useful changes, of course. Snap layouts let you quickly and easily tile windows in different orientations, similar how to how the Fancy Zones Power Toy works today, except significantly more user-friendly and significantly less configurable. Microsoft says that nobody else lets you do that with this many windows, and I don't know if you noticed, but Linux has had that kind of tiling for a long time. They do bring something new to the table here, though. Microsoft, uh, windows grouped this way will group together in the taskbar and be treated like a single item. So you can switch to and from a window layout on the fly, and virtual desktops can now be customized with different wallpapers. Just like you can customize your water bottle with the stickers you get for free from LTTStore.com. What's more, they finally fixed the issue where windows rearrange themselves semi-randomly when monitors are disconnected, instead minimizing windows that were on the removed display and putting it all back when you reconnect. That'll make docking a laptop way less frustrating, although I'm not sure what happens if you disconnect the display, then start working with windows that were on it before. Do they get moved back when you reconnect? There's more for all-in-ones and touch displays in general, too. Touch targets are bigger now with more visual feedback, and there's a new on-screen keyboard we didn't get to try out in our test drive that looks a lot like the iOS keyboard, right down to the ability to move the cursor around by holding the spacebar. It's unclear right now whether the keyboard shows up automatically when you touch a text box, or if there will be a dedicated button for it. At least for the example they showed of a Microsoft Office comment, it dismissed the keyboard once the comment was finished, so there must be some mechanism that tells it to raise or lower. So Anthony doesn't use a touch enabled, sorry, this is me again. Anthony doesn't use a touch enabled Windows device on the daily, so I, I told him that there's already a mechanism for that, so I would expect they wouldn't remove it. So we, we cut that part out. But that's all boring productivity stuff. What about gaming? Well, Auto HDR is coming to Windows after debuting on the Windows Xbox Series X, excuse me, and direct storage support is baked into Windows 11 at the OS and driver level. That brings Windows more in line with traditionally Xbox features. This was something I really took exception to. I was like, Anthony, you're clearly mad, bro, because you gave you gave Auto HDR and direct storage support two lines <laughs> out of hundreds. Uh, anyway, okay. Uh. That brings Windows more in line with traditionally Xbox features, and that's really about it. Yeah, Xbox Game Pass is now integrated into the Xbox app that comes with Windows, but it wasn't exactly difficult to find before, so that's why you were confused, Luke. We did get more promises... Okay, but I still don't get it. Sorry, we'll Hold on, hold on, let me get through it. We did get more promises of cross-platform play, as is the tradition by now, but we have no idea how many titles will support it, or if it's a system-wide thing or what. For an operating system that's supposedly considered every detail, we got practically none for how long that segment lasted. Oh snap! 
At least additions to pen input look pretty sweet, with the addition of haptic feedback to simulate the feel of different tools as you're using them. Not really a whole lot else to say about that, though, because they only showed it briefly, just like they did for screen rotation, which is much more streamlined now, with windows rotating smoothly with the display, and tiled windows in landscape mode stacking onto each other rather than arranging unpredictably, as in the past. Speaking of unpredictable, Teams is now integrated into Windows directly? When did everyone start using Teams? Am I out of touch? There's now a dedicated icon that gives you what looks like a searchable jump list of recent contacts and buttons for interacting them with them. I'm not sure this is what anyone was asking for, but at least they have something akin to iMessage and FaceTime built in, so that's cool, I guess. There was a brief mention about dictation and voice commands, like they've been doing for decades now, so presumably that's also received an upgrade to compete with Siri on macOS. macOS. They make... Uh, they made a big deal about how this all works on any platform, like that was a dig at Apple or something. In fact, they made a lot of digs at Apple throughout the event, from lines like, I don't want to buy a tablet and a laptop, to saying, what's Intel doing right now with their 11th gen, or what Intel's doing right now with their 11th gen processor is just awesome, after calling out AMD and Qualcomm as equal partners. It's more than a little obvious, and they made a lot of these not-so-subtle jabs throughout the presentation. Even the Windows 11 page on their website has this kind of thing in place of genuinely useful information in the FAQ section. I thought he was pretty mad there. Another thing they spent a long time talking about. The Windows Store, now with the ability to order hardware, show movies, TV shows, and other content regardless of the streaming service, and integration with the Amazon App Store. You can run Android apps directly in Windows. No word on whether sideloading is possible or if you're stuck with the Amazon Store, but presumably the hope is that if enough people run Android apps on Windows, they'll eventually demand UWP versions be available in the Windows Store, similar to BlackBerry's hopes before their platform died. <laughs> Windows isn't in any danger of dying right now, but Microsoft's App Store is sorely underutilized and they blew a lot of wind about how it's super easy with industry-leading rev share and support for outside payment processors so they don't get a cut. It really felt like they came just short of getting on their knees and begging. <laughs> they also practically begged us to care about their new widgets panel, which they described as a beautiful sheet of glass powered by AI. In effect, this is the same thing as the news and interest panel Microsoft added to Windows 10 in another update, but with additional features. As the name suggests, it does support widgets for the first time since Windows 7, even if they were called gadgets back then, and it can be brought up or dismissed quickly by swiping in from the left edge of the screen on a touchscreen or clicking the icon for it in the taskbar. When will Windows 11 be available? Microsoft didn't tell us, instead saying on the FAQ that it should be available on new PCs starting late this year, while the update for Windows 10 users will start rolling out in early 2022. Also, no word on pricing. According to the FAQ, it's a free update for Windows 10 users with no set expiry date, but we have no idea what, if anything, it will cost at retail for PC builders. Speaking of PC builders, get subscribed because we're working on an epic length video that will be the last build guide you'll ever need. Another thing Microsoft didn't tell us and buried in the FAQ, system requirements. As we've already seen, Windows 11 requires Secure Boot and TPM 2.0 to function as a security measure, and this may chafe some users. It also needs two or more cores, four gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, and a DirectX 12 compatible GPU. Significantly more all around than Windows 10. There's a health check tool you can download to check compatibility, but apparently our workstations aren't compatible? Why not? I don't know. Go buy a new PC. Microsoft, please, at least tell me. Is it the TPM thing? It's probably the TPM thing. What's more troubling, however, is this note that Windows 11 Home Edition requires an internet connection and a Microsoft account to complete first-time setup, and you get fewer features for using one. Desktop wallpaper is no longer synced with your Microsoft account between devices, and the timeline feature has been removed. 
There's more. The taskbar is now locked to the bottom of the screen. The start menu no longer has support for folders or groups. Live tiles are gone, and the menu itself can't be resized. Tablet mode is gone and replaced with the new touch inputs, and Cortana mercifully won't bug you during the first time setup, nor take up unnecessary space on the taskbar by default. It is so frustrating digging this kind of thing up because these changes normally would have been touched on in past Windows reveals. It's unclear whether Microsoft intentionally leaked Windows 11 before the big reveal today. It was obviously from an earlier point in production than we were shown, but it did get a lot of eyes looking their way. In fact, the first thing that tipped anyone off was that Windows 10 now has an end of life date, which is October 14th, 2025, putting Windows 10 service life at just over 10 years, a few months short of Windows 7s. Was it a good operating system? Well, I don't think it'll be remembered as fondly as Windows 7 was, but it was better than the mess that was Windows 8. Here's hoping Windows 11 continues in a positive direction when it finally reaches our PCs. So there you go. That's, that's what ultimately changed compared to the video that we uploaded. That was the Anthony that, do you cut. Think that build guide, do you think that build guide's gonna be the Windows 10 of build guides? Uh, it could very well be. It could very well be. There will be this new is the CPU. last one you're ever gonna need. There will be new CPU sockets, okay? There will be new interfaces. But this will be the last one you will need. We're expecting it to be over an hour long. Like, this is going to be everything you need to know. That's kind of the idea behind it. Cool. So I'm going to open up the voting. First, we're going to have a look at the results from uh, Floatplane. Here we go. Uh, we have 79% of people preferring the salty Anthony cut, with 11% of people preferring the desalinated... Linus cut and 9% of people wishing that Zack Snyder had stepped in. Uh, that never actually I, happened. So I don't know yeah. why you guys are voting for that. Uh, <laughs> I, I do wish I do with, uh, I do wish Snyder did cut in. Yeah. I'm in that group. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to let Twitch vote and I'm going to go ahead and drop this in the YouTube chat as well. So let's let the, uh, let's let the masses have their say now. I think the problem here is that I think the anger is coming from the event and not as much the operating system. That was, um, yes. Which, and that's, that's an issue in my opinion. Um, and that's, that's like, yeah. Okay. So the events at a weird time, I, I think probably a disproportionate about it, uh, disproportionate amount of the unhappiness and the saltiness is probably coming from that. Um, and then also it wasn't very informative. Yes, for sure. Now to be clear, Anthony has no problem attending events and no problem getting up early. He's the one who gets up early to launch every embargo GPU review we do. For example, he's a good sport. He's a great guy in general, no complaints okay. there, but like anyone who has to do, he doesn't like his time wasted, right? Yeah, and the event wasn't great. Like, Anthony doesn't mind spending his time. He doesn't like to spend it for nothing, and I don't blame him. In fact, that's something that I feel has contributed to me, contributed to me feeling more jaded and cynical over the years because it's become this pattern where you get you get pulled in, you get an inordinate amount of your time taken up by just useless fluff when all you really want to do is work on the tech and make videos, but, do your but, job, you know? For sure. And I and I totally get it. And I would probably have felt the exact same way. And if I was in Anthony's shoes, I probably would have written a super salty document and been all mad. And but I would have I changed it. 
Yes, and I <laughs> and I think one of one of the problems with this whole thing is the reality of it is, I didn't watch the event. Yeah. So it's almost an inside joke at a certain point. Yeah. Being why why mad would about I it? watch the event? You guys watch the event. Yep. I'm gonna watch you guys. I did watch you guys. <laughs> like I don't I don't care about the event. I don't want to watch the event. I don't want them to try to sell me something that you guys can then figure out all the actual important bits of and then tell me, which sounds far more productive to me because I also don't want to waste my time for the exact reason 100%. that you guys are upset. So you guys did a great job because the video seemed good. I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. And that's why I'm actually somewhat excited about it. Yeah. Because I mean, it's an, it's another operating step in the 20 operating system step in the 2020s, right? Like it's not blowing my socks off. Yes. But I think it looks pretty good. I think some of the improvements are really sensible. Uh, I think a lot of the improvements to the touch stuff, even though that's not something that I, that's not a way that I engage with windows very often. I think those are very smart and in the right direction. I like, yeah, things seem pretty all right. Um, Samurai Warrior over on Floatplane says, I feel like reveals for many of these big companies have simply become fluff slash hype pieces to only interest us and not let us know what's really going on. So that's a fair criticism. And that's a big part of the reason that I think, like Luke was saying, people don't feel like watching them and they want to yeah. wait for someone like us to go through, watch it for them, just take out all the complete garbage, add in the stuff that wasn't in there and put it together for them in 10 minutes instead of 90 minutes. I used to get so hyped about watching stuff like E3 as well. Yeah. I don't watch it anymore for the exact same reason. And a big part of the reason is that I think that as part of this trend towards companies taking control of the narrative around their own products and services is that they have lost track of what was good about launch and hype events. Like, remember how furious you were back, I think it was the 980 launch, I want to say, when NVIDIA dragged you out to... Timbuktu nowhere somewhere. Is this when, is this when I, oh yeah. So that we were far away from our thing. Oh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they dragged you yeah. out to the middle of nowhere. Didn't give you the information <sighs> that you needed. So you were basically just a chair warmer in the, in the audience so that they could do their live stream and reveal all the information. And you were kind of sitting there going, why am I even here? Why didn't I just watch this summarize it from the comfort of my cheetos stained chair at home and then tell cheetos? the peeps about it and get a good night's sleep instead of sitting on a plane because i'm six foot two yeah. or however tall you are <laughs> three yeah i um the, so just for some context there they brought us they had us they put us up in a hotel and it was all nice and stuff but i don't care about any of that and then the event was really far away from the hotel which is where all our stuff is and we have like some laptops and cameras like we bought we brought what we could to the event um they have a, a pre-meeting below the stage like downstairs below the stage at the event so everything's going upstairs we can hear people sitting down in their seats while we're having our pre-meeting which is where they tell us like 80 percent of what they say on the stage but they don't give the actual important information. And then when they're on the stage, they give all the important information and then they immediately close down the event and are like, okay, hey, it's after party time. We're closing the basement. The upstairs is for this party thing and you can't go back to the hotel yet. So there's nowhere for us to work. I can't film this thing. I, I made like a handshake agreement with the workers that were tearing down all the stuff that was in the basement to let us stand in the corner and film our video. 
and Brandon and I just filmed our video there. And then if I remember correctly, Brandon just like edited it on like a pile, like the laptop was just sitting on like a pile of uh, a pile of folded tables. And he was sitting on like his backpack or something. And that's where he had to edit the video. And then I don't remember how we uploaded it, but it was, it was just, it was such a nightmare. Um, and it sucked. And that, yeah, that made me salty, but you have to, yeah. You gotta. But you just... guys don't care because <laughs> you weren't there. So yeah. yeah. And in a way, it's kind of better for me to not because I didn't sit through the event, so I was able to come at it with totally fresh eyes, seeing the condensed version. That's a big part of what works so well yeah. about our current uh, workflow for doing these events is. Uh, one or usually two or three people from the writing team are watching. They're live tweeting. They're making notes for the various uh, various channels. I mean, Apple events these days, we have to have at least three people watching them because Riley has to know what's going on for TechLinked. He's going to have his own spin on it. Um, usually, Anthony is going to be covering it on the LTT side of things. He's going to have his own spin on it. And then now Jonathan Horst, uh, for Mac address is going to have to watch it for his more, you know, Apple oriented spin on it. And there's really no way around it. Uh, so it's like, it's amazing how much it costs me in like labor hours every time Apple hosts an event. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is during the script review process, which is me for LTT. And then actually there isn't one for TechLinked or for Mac address. Actually, I think James works with Horst on Mac address. I shouldn't have said there's no script review. Uh, but for me, I will not have watched it and I'll be going in kind of wide eyed and excited uh, with this super condensed like from concentrate Apple event. Uh, and it really gives a kind of a fun dynamic to the way that we kind of go through and edit the script and kind of have this uh, this back and forth between someone that kind of had to sit there hearing Apple go on and on about what color their stupid keyboard is this year. And then someone who gets to gloss over that and focus on the really cool stuff. Like, um, you know, the, 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 the neat, you know, mag safe connector for the iMac or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. We've got the final numbers. We've got the final numbers for the poll. Here it is. You guys are, you've come at me 55% prefer the Anthony cut and I got only 35%. But like I told you guys, that's exactly what I expected to happen. But I'm, I'm sure Anthony is going to feel validated in his saltiness for sure. Uh, why don't we, if there's anything we missed here, let's see if there's anything. Ah, yes. So this is interesting. TPM, so Trusted Platform Module, has come out as being a little bit more uh, nuanced than we initially said in our preview and then in our event coverage. So technically, TPM 1.2 will work for DIY systems. So that's good because that means we'll be able to go quite a bit farther back than we thought. But OEM systems must have 2.0. TPM 2.0 modules have apparently already begun being scalped online. The prices are skyrocketing. This is from the Shen Yi. Price history of this thing is going from around to, uh, to note bucks. though, if if you do the health check on your computer and it's 100. like, oh, you don't have this. In a lot of cases, you just have to go turn it on in your uh in your uefi bios yes so intel skylake amd zen and newer have it built in via intel's ptt and amd's ftpm but it's disabled by default so you just have to make sure that you enable it however there's some other things to consider here it's unclear what windows is doing 
with the TPM. So if you swap your motherboard or CPU, does that equal broken Windows install? Yes. We don't know. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a that's definitely an uncomfortable part of this whole thing for sure. Early reports also say that you can force install without a TPM. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. I did see some people saying you can just take a Windows 10 installer and just copy all the Windows 11 different files onto it and then just install it and it'll install Windows 11. I'm not sure if that gets around the TPM requirement, but it's pretty clear that Microsoft feels that a TPM is going to be necessary going forward and that this is going to be a big pain in the butt for everyone from DIYers at home all the way up to professional sysadmins that are managing fleets of devices. That's, I mean, uh, yeah, that's going to be a massive nightmare. Like, for that. One yeah. really horrible thing already is just like if you're using legacy boot mode for whatever reason, maybe your system just was like being a butthead at some point about UEFI mode. Um, guess what? Full reinstall time, no ifs, ands, or buts, because you cannot use legacy boot mode with TPM enabled, period. Huh. That's pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah, do not like it. Do not like it. Yeah, the, the wallpaper sync with Microsoft account not uh, uh, being cut is just, like, weird. I don't really care. It's just, like why yeah i don't know I, honestly i don't even like it i kind of hate that feature in fact right now my desktop has a wallpaper that just it got because i got a new laptop and it has this asus rog whatever wallpaper on it and then my desktop doesn't have windows oh. activated so i can't change it well i can change it i'm just lazy you just right click a thing and set as desktop background but you can't use the I, personalization yeah, I... menu so i didn't i uh, uh, have my windows activated across the board so I uh, I have different backgrounds for all my systems. So like I I agree. I'm just I just don't really understand why they cut it. You know. Um, I don't know. But maybe just no one just, cared, or didn't. Maybe it, people just didn't like it. And that's the thing. Like if you're all sad that it's gone, just like email yourself the picture and then set it as background again. Like it's really not a big deal. It's not exactly difficult to work around. There's actually a couple super chats here that are sort of Windows 11 related. Nightmaster85 says, do you think in the future Microsoft will want to make Windows fully cloud-based? So instead of buying a powerful machine, consumers just buy extremely cheap hardware that uses 100% cloud. So it's like Chromebook on steroids. Um, Microsoft is definitely headed that direction, or they're, they're definitely headed closer, but I don't know if they will actually go there. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend that statement and point out that xCloud, right? xCloud for Xbox is pretty much Microsoft moving in that direction. Okay, yeah, it's only the Xbox right now, but like an Xbox is just a computer. And okay, the Xbox and, doesn't... And Microsoft is pretty over their whole like don't cannibalize each other thing. So, yeah. So we actually had this discussion internally where we kind of went, you know, at what point... Does Microsoft just admit that the Xbox is a computer and just let you install Chrome browser on it and Adobe Premiere and whatever? At what point does Microsoft just become overnight a tier one system integrator with an enormous install base and this huge ecosystem advantage over anybody else in the space? 
I don't know. Nothing really prevents it. I mean, one of the things that is different architecturally about an Xbox compared to a typical PC is that the Xbox uses its uh, uses the same memory pool for both the CPU and the GPU because the CPU and GPU are integrated. But it's been demonstrated already in that Chinese console. I'm afraid the name escapes me right now. But there's a Chinese console that was using a very similar architecture with GDDR something whatever uh, that was connected directly to an APU-like CPU. And Windows was running on it, so clearly it's capable of it. Um, I don't know, man. Guess we'll see. Guess we'll see. Yeah, either way, it's interesting. I'm happy something's happening. Um, yeah. And I'm happy to tell you about our sponsors. Hey. hey! Join the Elma Linux community at the link down below. Thanks to Elma Linux for sponsoring today's video. Elma Linux is an open source enterprise Linux distribution and CentOS alternative. It's a nonprofit organization governed and driven by the Elma Linux OS Foundation. And it's a DISTI that's focused on long-term long stability and providing a robust production-grade platform that is one-to-one -one binary compatible with pre-stream CentOS and RHEL. It's backed by AWS, ARM, cPanel, Open Source Lab, and other well-known vendors. And after the first stable release in March 2021, today, Alma Linux hit 20,000 downloads and counting. It's got Secure Boot, Properly Working, OpenSCAP, Arasha, Oval Support, and Cloud Images. And you can check them out and join the community at the link below on the Alma Linux OS website. The show is also brought to you by Honey. Honey is a free online shopping tool that searches for the best promo codes whenever you shop online at supported sites. It is free to use. Did I already say that? That's okay. It merits repeating because it's free. And it installs in just two clicks. Those of you who downloaded Honey from our link have already saved over 100 grand in the last few months. And Honey supports loads of your favorite stores, including Amazon, eBay, Newegg, Razor, Best Buy, Walmart, and more. All you got to do is click Apply Coupons when you're at the checkout page and wait for Honey to search for the best working coupons. Lots and lots of folks at LMG use Honey. I use Honey. Uh, helps you save money. Like, what, who, what's, what's to go wrong? So save money today and get Honey for free at jointhoney.com slash Linus. Finally, the show is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Stop carrying around pointless items in your pocket, like receipts, old hotel room keys, or spent gift cards. Ridge Wallet helps you carry less. It uses two metal plates that are bound by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together, but still accessible, and it's RFID blocking. In fact, the plates aren't always uh, metal. Sometimes they're aluminum and titanium, which are metals, and sometimes they're carbon fiber, which is not a metal. They offer a lifetime guarantee, and they don't just sell wallets. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And if you use offer code WAN, you can save 10% at ridge.com slash WAN. All right. Are we going to talk about John... McAfee found dead or, in prison. Or, or we can talk about the GoldenEye remake or the summer sale shopping spree. Okay, let's talk about the GoldenEye remake. This is super sad. Um, the GoldenEye maps painstaking created, painstakingly created by Far Cry 5 player Crawlywood have been pulled offline after a copyright claim, which, uh, I mean... There's no one else it really could have come from other than Bond license owner MGM. And MGM already has had a bit of a history with not playing nicely with game developers who want to work with the Bond franchise. I remember, I forget who it was from Nintendo that basically said, yeah, uh, the reason that we never saw a GoldenEye remaster or any continuation of that was 
due to not being able to figure it out with the relevant rights holders. Um, Crawleywood said on Twitter, Ubisoft sent me a mail because they got one from MGM. And also, I don't know if there's a legal way to upload them again because I'm on their radar now, I think. If you guys hadn't seen this project, it is so cool. Uh, hold on a second. I'm on ah, I'm on IGN.com and there's uh okay, you know what? Here, let's just show let's just show this. This is absolutely amazing. Wow. Like how fun would it be to go back and play Goldeneye like this instead of like this and with a keyboard and mouse instead of the janky controls. I saw this and I was super excited for it and I really wanted to play it. I didn't even own Goldeneye as a kid, but I would always go over to, um, I'm just trying to think. Taylor had Perfect Dark. Matt had Goldeneye. I'm pretty sure it was Matt's house that we played. No, Taylor might have had Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. The point is, I had to go to friends' houses to play it, but I loved playing it. They always let me play as Odd Job because they were the ones who played the game all the time. And I was so I was fundamentally allowed to cheat. And I was really, really excited to play it through again. Um, I mean, other than just being upset about it, I don't really, I don't really have much else to say other than that this sucks. I mean, especially given that Crawleywood didn't like, recreated the levels from scratch. I'm having a hard time seeing how they can justify forcing well, him to pull these down. Didn't you say it might have had something to do with like uh, audio files? Or or soundtracks or, okay. or something like that. Yeah, uh, my understanding is there was some reuse of the soundtrack that I could see being more problematic. Yeah. But here's the thing. There's a big difference between what you have the right to prosecute or what you have the right to enforce with respect to copyright law and what you probably should enforce. I mean, YouTubers in particular all the time will use things like clips from South Park. We did it. I actually had completely forgotten because it's a habit we have done away with over the last few years using any kind of copyrighted content just because we don't want to deal with that that mess. But in our video about this like child uh, GPS tracker dongle from like five, six years ago, we used a clip from South Park where the kids are wearing these child tracker 4000 helmet things. And you know what? That's that's absolutely the kind of thing that if Comedy Central or if Trey Parker and Matt Stone wanted to go after us about, they potentially could. And we could make the argument that it's fair use, but until we fight that out in court, they're in the right. You're basically guilty until proven innocent when it comes to that type of potential copyright infraction. So what that means is that a lot of the time, the... Uh, the bets that we make whenever we do include any kind of copyrighted content, which actually we do include in things like TV reviews, we'll just have a movie, like an actual Hollywood movie running on the TV. And we'll, we'll talk about what the experience of, of watching it is like on this particular display. And the bet that we're making is that while they could technically go after us about this, they probably won't because it's not in their best interest. We're just using their content to demonstrate how a product that their content can be enjoyed on performs. What's in it for them? 
you know, in fact, we're even a lot of the times talking about, you know, how much we love this movie. And when it comes to fair and use, like it, 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 someone someone could use it poorly. Someone could say, "Oh, I'm going to do a review of a TV. I'm going to sit here and watch this movie," and they just watch the whole freaking movie. Absolutely. But that's clearly not what's happening in right. this scenario. Because there's four pillars for fair use. There's the purpose and character of the work, including whether such use is of a commercial nature or is for nonprofit educational purposes. Now, Linus Media Group is a commercial endeavor. is is a for profit enterprise. So mm, we're, we're potentially in a little bit of trouble there, but also the character of the use is editorial. So that's where pillar two comes in, the nature. Oh, sorry, excuse me. So editorial. So you could make the argument that, okay, yes, this is a for-profit enterprise, but they're utilizing it in an editorial fashion as opposed to to entertain the audience when the original use was to entertain the audience. And that's where... Pillar two, the nature of the copyrighted work comes in. Uh, there's also the amount and substantiality of the portion that's used in relation to the copyrighted work as a whole. So I think that <clears throat> uh, MGM probably has some ground to stand on there, given that, you know, fundamentally they recreated the game. Um, but then there's number four, the effect of the use upon the potential market for or value of the copyrighted work. So, okay, what that basically means is how much is this infringement damaging the original value of the copyrighted work or the rights holder's ability to monetize it? And given that this is a game that's been out of print for many, 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 many years with no plans for a re-release that I've heard any word of, it's really not affecting it at all. If anything, it's creating additional uh, interest in the franchise, in the original work, and potentially increasing the value of it. So it would be not an open and shut case, but I do think that outside of the use of the music, which, you know, you could say, okay, yeah, what about soundtracks? You're really, you're really affecting the ability to monetize the soundtrack for Goldeneye for N64. I mean, I, you can make that argument. Um, I, I don't, I don't agree with it i'm just saying like i feel like that might be one of the major grounds for yeah what the why they jumped up uh i would not be surprised if the files for this surface in some way somewhere oh for sure um i haven't found one yet but oh send it over please no like actually oh all right but i'm definitely not trying and definitely won't send it to you if i do find it um, hey, thanks, bro. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny is I actually... Um, oh, no, I, I didn't yet. I was just oh, looking please. at finally buying Far Cry 5 in order to play these maps because <laughs> I haven't really had any interest in a Far Cry game since Far Cry 2 burned me with a, an unrecoverable save state. Uh, but it's in, the, it's in the summer sale for eleven ninety nine Canadian, which for those of you who are not familiar with the Canadian dollar is not a lot of US dollars. It's like $9 yeah. US. Actually, we had talked about this in the pre-show. I've been, I was on a bit of a, uh, <laughs> I was on a bit of Ending a shopping spree, spree yeah. before the show started because the Steam Summer Sale is on. I bought Rick and Morty Virtual Reality, or Rickality, excuse me. I've been meaning to play that, but I was like, eh, I'm not spending $30 or whatever the, uh, whatever the regular price is. Is it for good? Uh, I know someone who played it, and I was going to just borrow it from them. Alex. Alex played it, uh, and he said it was, like, fine. It was good. 
if you like Rick and Morty, you'll like it. So I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll play it. Um, sure. I also bought Titanfall 2. That's based on your recommendation, Luke. I got it for eight Canadian dollars. Yeah, and nice. believe it or not, I have not played The Witcher 3. So I've been spending a bunch of time playing Bravely Default 2 on the Switch. I have like 55 hours in it. And honestly, I shouldn't have put that many hours into it. It's just not that good of a game. That's a yeah. So I'm kind of sitting here going, I, I can do better. I can do better than this. I'm going to find some better games to play. So that's what I've got so far. Uh, but maybe you guys can hit me up with some of your recommendations. What should I get from the summer sale? I'm already going to grab, I'm already going to grab Far Cry here. Let's have a look at what we got. You guys going to help me out with this? You know what? Maybe we'll do it at the end of the show. I might. I we'll might, do it at the okay, end of the yeah. show. Yeah. We'll do it at the end of the show. We've got a couple more topics to get through here. Uh, I want to talk about, I want to talk about, uh, I don't know, AMD's Fidelity FX Super Resolution. We could talk about that. Uh, I feel like I feel like you could just watch Anthony's video. He did a really great job of going through it. Um, yeah, McAfee just got Epsteined. So the man who hates or hated his own self-titled antivirus software has been found dead in a Spanish jail. McAfee was arrested in October at Barcelona's International Airport, and earlier that month, charges were laid against him in Tennessee for evading taxes related to income gained through cryptocurrency promotion, allegedly. He owed $4.2 million in taxes for income between 2014 and 2018, and the death occurred hours after a Spanish court approved extradition to the United States to face tax charges. He was potentially looking at decades in prison, which at his advanced age would have meant the rest of his life. Uh, would have been a sentence of up to 30 years. McAfee previously stated in a tweet, and this is kind of uh, creepy, I am content in here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. Whew. There's also, there's also like uh, a, a tweet from him saying, getting subtle messages from US. This is John McAfee was um, very interesting. You want to go down like an, an interesting rabbit hole. Um, just look him up if you don't know a lot about him. So I'm not, this stuff is, do not take this with like, yeah, as I think I've said in the past, an industrial bag of salt. Um, but getting subtle messages from U.S. officials saying, in effect, we're coming for you, McAfee. We're going to kill, we are going to kill yourself. I got a tattoo today just in case if I suicide myself. I didn't, I was whacked. Check my right arm. Seems very, I don't, I don't even want to speculate. I don't just, want to speculate, but he, um, it, I. Very interesting dude. Very very interesting character um and uh we know him for his av software but he hasn't been involved in years and actively denounced it in a bizarre video in 2013 it truly is bizarre There's... there are also lots of other bizarre videos uh yeah. involving There's or about babes him. uh or something there's i, I don't know it's it's really it's really weird um anyway yeah sold his stake in 1994 for a reported 100 million intel has since bought mcafee back in 2010 for 7.6 billion i don't know who actually owns it now i don't think intel owns it anymore not sure yeah i'm, I'm not sure uh purchased by intel in february on september something something strategic something 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 
uh, a predecessor industry type public. Maybe they spun off. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I kind of don't care. I don't. I don't use it. Um, yeah, a strategic deal with TPG Capital to convert Intel Security into a joint venture between both companies called McAfee. Okay, there you go. So apparently they still own some of it. Intel maintains a 49% stake. Okay, then. Uh, China bans Bitcoin mining in Sichuan. Uh, yeah, they did, they did warn of this. They said, they said quite a while ago that they were going to so the crash, effectively do this. The crash has happened. And the good news is we're already starting to see hints that GPU pricing might begin to make its way back down to a reasonable level. I'm super excited about that. Uh, Bitcoin is now down to, I think it's at about half of its high of about 65,000 US dollars. Yeah, it's at about 32,000 US dollars now. Um, just to be clear, I'm not a bull or a bear. I'm out of the game. I do not own any Bitcoin whatsoever um, other than, actually, no, I don't think I own any Bitcoin whatsoever. Oh yeah, right. We had the lounge PCs mining for pizza money for uh, work lounge nights. So once we have our next stage of reopening, which is going to be July 1st, we can start doing lounge nights again. I'm super excited. This is interesting. James says part of what could be causing, he wrote in his notes, part of what could be causing the crypto crash would be miners selling their coin in order to finance moving their operations to other countries. Yeah, I could see that. Enough large-scale mining operations need to move enough large-scale business operations. Um, for sure, I could, I could see that. In, in the end, this is a good thing for Bitcoin and decentralized currency in general because having so much of it concentrated in one authoritarian country um, was not a good thing for a decentralized currency that wasn't supposed to be dependent right. on uh, government overreach, right? The Boston Dynamics dog is now a Hyundai. So uh, Hyundai announced that it would be buying a controlling stake in Boston Dynamics back in December. The deal has now gone through. They apparently spent, wow, only $1.1 billion. Isn't that amazing? You know, how much a discord of the world is worth compared to how much someone that you know, actually, no offense to Discord, but actually develops like a groundbreaking, world-changing product. Um, the company plans to leverage Boston Dynamics to create a robotics value chain where they'll focus on manufacturing, construction, and automation. They also have made some surreal concepts, which they might get some help from Boston Dynamics with for like their uh, 2019 walking car concept. So, yeah. Uh, a car that could drop you off right on your doorstep. That seems like something everyone needs, which is neat. <laughs> oh! I find it pretty interesting that that, that changed hands. I, oh, I, I find it very interesting that it was allowed to not be American. I don't know. Yeah, go figure, right? I have a big announcement for LTTstore.com. Yes, you guys knew it had to happen. A follow-up to the sad Linus pillow. We officially have Linus selfie sequin pillow. So you can you can adjust him to have whatever face you want. It's the tackiest. It'll be the tackiest thing in your house by far. Guys, it's for the memes. Okay? It's for the memes. Um, hi, Linus. Bye, Linus. You know what I'm saying? Uh, check it out now. LTTstore.com. We've got all the pictures that you might want to see. Obviously, people are memeing it up. So, so there's a couple different couple different styles now of the meme pillow. There you go, guys. 
The launch is official. It's been up for a couple of days, actually, but the launch, the launch is official now. Oh, do you remember when I ran to get something before? Because I was talking about how important the keyboard is to me on Windows. Yes. Yep. This right here. I This is such an amazing little emulation box. The A&Neo has become my, my favorite of the little uh, portable Windows gaming machines that we've checked out recently. The uh, that that ten cent funded one was just kind of too big. Uh, the GPD win, uh, which one was the latest one? Whatever. The, the last GPD win that we reviewed, it was it's kind of too small now. Now that I've played on this one, this thing is freaking awesome, and I'm really looking forward to dun, 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 having a better keyboard because while I use a two in one for my my bigger portable device, and I don't I, I can always unfold it and use the keyboard with this thing. I actually have to use the built-in keyboard. So having yeah. one that's better with more features is absolutely a plus for me and I'm super excited for it. It's also just it's, man, it's so it's so natural to use the split keyboard on here, so just having more features, more themes, I'm super into it. It's such a great little emulation box. Um my my son is playing uh Super Mario RPG, really enjoying it so far and he's doing it on here. It's like the perfect experience for that. I actually ran out and bought a copy of it. Did I tell you about that, Luke? You did. Anthony was I at was Willow Video. Surprised. I didn't know that both you and Anthony were Willow Video uh, fans, but yes. uh, he apparently goes there just you know to go there and just check it out because it's just a cool place to be. And yep. he saw a copy of Super Mario RPG complete in box, actually in great condition. And he was like, hey, this is a little more than I want to spend, but it looks like it's less than what they're going for on eBay for complete inbox, and it seems like the kind of thing you'd love to have. I I love the Super Nintendo. I mean, that was my childhood, right? Yeah. And even though I didn't play Super Mario RPG as a kid, I played it as a like young teenager, emulated, of course, and it was really exciting for me to to have an opportunity to own it. And of course, there's a physical copy of it, which got my son really interested in it. So he wanted to play it, so I got RetroArch fired up on here, and now... He can play it absolutely guilt-free in RetroArch because we own a copy of the game. So that there's, was... There's some games that don't hold up. I feel like a lot of games from back then actually hold up somewhat okay, like Super Nintendo games in particular. If they weren't trying to come across as, like, bleeding-edge modern, then yeah. they hold up okay because, like, like, the art styles and everything are just, like, it's more of an art style instead of a limitation. Like, no um, offense, but Star Fox on Super Nintendo? It's... It's rough. It's pretty bad. Morrowind is atrocious. Yeah. Like I, I like one of my favorite games ever. You go back to play it unmodded, and it's just like Whoa. But um, some of the ones that leaned into the art style, Rock and Roll Racing is a game that is still outstanding all these yeah. years later. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. So good. But yeah, it's I, I I I played it for the first time ever because I, I actually I've emulated quite a few things, but I never emulated that. And I never owned it when I was a kid. Um, but I, I played it way after the fact and it was still, it was still great. Super Mario RPG is fantastic. You know, what's another game that I need to make sure I get this sweet community modded version of before it disappears. Did you see that the Super Mario world widescreen mod is now available for download? No, they, man, I love the retro gaming community so much because that's yet another excuse for me to get yet more hours of entertainment out of that game. They actually modded the game to run completely like the actual original game. It's not 
a recreation. Mario jumps exactly the way he jumps in widescreen. So the level, you just actually that's see awesome. more of it. I am so cool. excited. I yeah. feel like that's kind of OP. That's amazing. Like, you know, like, like it's like it's over, like it's overpowered. Like you can see some some of it is the, like if you can see stuff earlier, you can react to it better. You know. That's fair. That's fair. It, but it changes the gameplay. It's it would still be fun to go through and play for sure. I'm but, definitely so. gonna go through. I'm gonna play it. I'm really excited for it. Um, oh man, nasty and on says I've got a copy of Final Fantasy III complete in box from when I was a kid. The only thing I have left from mine, I actually lost my cartridge when I moved from uh, my dad's house to my mom's house. I left everything behind, including my Super Nintendo. Um, so I was really choked about that. But the one thing that I do still have is my original manual. It is completely like destroyed, but not destroyed in like a, it got destroyed way. Destroyed in a, my parents won't let me play love. Nintendo right now. So I'm just going to sit and like read the manual over and over and over again. <laughs> it doesn't have the front or back cover. I just, I just loved looking at the artwork and reading the little character bios and memorizing you know blitz combos and all that kind of stuff i was a kid right so i loved it loved it um is there anything else that we oh right so i'll you know what i'll do my shopping spree a little bit later yeah i think that's about it for kind of main topics i wanted to talk about why don't we do uh why don't we do some super chats let's do super chats first so those people who don't care about my steam shopping spree can just leave uh, guys, do a full review of Microsoft Power Toys. Oh, I've been meaning to do it for so long. It's been on the list. Guys, I want to do it. I've even got a great title for the video. Uh, what did I want to call it? Um, hmm, where is it? Shoot, I can't find it anymore. Uh, Power Toys. Thank goodness I don't have to switch to Mac was going to be my clicky title for the video. And it was going to go through just a bunch of really great stuff in Windows Power Toys now that they're finally back. Love it. Um, girlfriend just ordered an LTT water bottle to go to PNG for her dad who works in a mine. Ready for a tropical stress test. We'll report back on results. Hey, fantastic. Love it. It'll do great. Stardock Start 10 has pretty much solved my complaints, says Zovastria, about Windows 10. Search, etc. Hopefully it will work for Windows 11. Love the channel, by the way. Hey, thanks so much. Um, ba -da -ba 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 -ba. Kevin C. says, hey, just wanted to say thanks. Your vids helped keep me sane and motivated while finishing my PhD dissertation, and I successfully defended it this past week. Hey, that's awesome. Nice. I also yeah. used the info I learned from you all to build my first PC funded by my graduation gifts. Fantastic, Kevin. Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Marcy Fenn says, love the show. Watch every episode. Luke's mom should guest host again sometime. Uh, Aaron Larian says, as someone who struggled with alcohol, I appreciate having someone to look up to who doesn't drink. Thanks for being you, Linus. Hey, I mean, honestly, for me, it's not about that. It's just, uh, you know, I just, I just don't feel like I need it. And if that helps you, then that's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's here. awesome. Um, and to be clear, I'm not down on anyone who does enjoy uh, does enjoy the bottle from time to time. That's you know what uh, anything in moderation, but uh, it's just it's just not for me. That's all. Uh, Turth says, "Do you think Intel and AMD and OEMs are encouraging Microsoft to increase minimum requirements so people will buy newer devices and hardware?" You know, 
I don't think Microsoft would need any encouragement because you got to remember now that they just allow you to upgrade your old Windows to new Windows, it's actually in their best interest that you buy a new Windows PC. Um, I think that there could be a little bit of conspiracy tinfoil hat truth there. I also think that Microsoft sees the future as um, Microsoft Store, Xbox Marketplace, and uh, generating revenue based on IPs, like buying Bethesda, as opposed they're, they're to... They're clearly trying to keep you in Windows more. They're Absolutely. trying to make it so the news app thing is a thing. They're trying to make the Xbox thing more yep. a thing. They're trying to make the store more a thing, etc. Uh, Spaceman says, question. I have a network of rigs for flight sims. That's not really a question. Okay, but there's a question after. The DCS program is heavily single-threaded, so we use 5900s overclocked. These rigs are ATX systems rigged to AT cases, and thermals are an issue. Should I bite the bullet and build a rack mount config? Absolutely. Rack mount is amazing, not just from a cooling perspective, but also from a maintenance perspective, um, especially if you don't put the racks up super high, if you don't need a ton of them. I don't know how many you have, but pulling them out, being able to work on them, slide them back in, Boy, is it a back saver, man. Like, it, it's great. Um, most of the problems, this is John uh, saying, most of the problems can be fixed just by putting more settings, like a setting for where the search function can search local or local and the web the user can turn on and off. Yeah, they could do that, but they want people searching the web, right? Like, that's what they want. Uh, Marxy Fen says, would be interested to hear your thoughts on the Sony X85J, a 4K 120Hz TV that comes in 43 inches, so it would be great to use as a monitor. It has Sony's color thing, which I think is quantum dot, and variable refresh rate coming in the future. Until Sony actually delivers variable refresh rate on their, on their displays, I can't recommend it. I can't recommend things based on what will come, and we talked about this in our review of their new OLED. Um, so until that happens, eh. As for using Quantum Dot with full array local dimming on the desktop, honestly, I don't know. Sitting that close to it with a mouse cursor moving around, I personally find it distracting. It's fine for enjoying content, but it's not, in my opinion, it's not great for desktop use. Uh, here's something. Uh, oh, at Cryptics says, did you see the interview DMS did with Sonova and Sennheiser? It seems like Sennheiser will continue doing what they've always been doing. Yeah, I did see that, actually. DMS sent it to me. And I'm extremely hopeful, but I also don't know if it's a guarantee. <sighs> uh, legit Smith says, Linus, you mentioned you wear earbuds to sleep every night. Would you consider making a video ranking them as to what you found is best for wearing to bed? So far, I love the AirPods Pros just because their active noise cancellation is great. They're so comfortable. I've been using the uh, Sony, whatever their stupid model number is, uh, WF-1000XM4s. And unfortunately, I found that the touch controls on the side get activated quite a bit when I'm moving around in my sleep. And when the voice comes on saying, active noise cancellation ambient or whatever the message is it's quite distracting and it starts and stops sometimes which is really annoying 
I'm also having issues with the start and stop working in Plex, which is what I'm often using when I'm listening to content while I sleep. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to lose them for, for sleeping. But other than that, I really like them. Sound quality is great. If I was just a daytime user, I'd be keeping them. But I am going back to my AirPods Pros, which is unfortunate because I just accidentally left them in the parking lot and they got run over. Um, yeah, the, the earphones themselves, not the case. So I only, Yikes. one of them actually still works. It's just a little cracked, so it's not going to be very water resistant anymore, but I did have to order a new right side one. Right. Should we go over your shopping spree? Uh, yeah, sure. I've actually, people keep sending super chats. They're sending a lot of them. Guys, stop sending super that's, chats. That's going to keep happening if you keep staring at it. Uh, James Ryan says, speaking of Anthony earlier in the show, I'd love to see more Linux content. He wants to do more Linux content. We've actually got a really good one planned. That's kind of like a beginner's guide to setting your PC up with Linux. And it's going to be more tutorially than a lot of the things we've done in the past, less about entertainment. But I, I greenlit this a little while ago uh, with Anthony, where it's going to be like, okay, you know absolutely nothing about Linux. Here you are, absolutely everything you need to do in order to install Linux and try it out for realsies, uh, including getting Proton running so that you can game in Linux, uh, get your GPU drivers installed, all that kind of good stuff. Um, thanks, Theo. All right, that's it, guys. I'm cutting it off. I'm cutting it off. No more. I'm sorry. That's all the super chats I can do. I don't know why you guys send super chats. We can't. We can't. We can't do that stuff all the time. It's uh, it. I don't know. It's one of those things where philosophically, I believe that content creators who lose track of being content creators and shift their focus. Shoot, I might have accidentally ditched that. There we go. Who shift their focus to um, just talking about being a content creator lose themselves i think they lose uh they they lose what makes them a great content creator so rather than making the show about q a i would rather you know you guys ask me questions when i'm game streaming or whatever and make the show about being a show anyway yeah time for time for my shopping time for my shopping spree here so the show's over I'm just shopping in the Steam Summer Sale now, so I've got Floatplane chat up, and Luke's gonna Luke's gonna help me out here, display capture. So I'm gonna start with, so do I need Standard Edition or Gold Edition here? For for what? Uh, this is Far Cry Five, Standard Edition for twelve dollars instead of spending double for gold seems fine, right? What even does what is I probably, but what does gold even give you? I don't know. That's really frustrating. That's something that Steam actually does not do an amazing job of spelling out. Like, why doesn't it just say exactly what the heck Gold Edition is? Sometimes if you scroll down, it's... I don't see anything useful here. Check out the entire... Nope. Uh, five, Far Cry New Dawn, blah, blah, blah. Nope, it just doesn't say. Apparently the DLC is meh. It's the DLC. Just get the standard. Okay, there it cool. is. Uh, it's going in the cart. Is this uh, which one back. is this? Uh, yeah, I got kind of bored of this one partway through. Not it's, gonna lie. It's the one where I can play the Goldeneye levels. I hope. Ah, right. Got it. So for twelve yep. bucks, I'm just gonna go for it. Just winging it. Hopefully they get released at some point. Yeah. Okay. So what else should I be looking at, guys? Help me out here. Uh, something that I'm I'm not convinced on yet, but I'm kind of interested in is uh, Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. A lot of people have told me that it's supposed to be really good. The uh, Outer Worlds. The Outer Worlds. Yeah. 
Ooh, that's still $32, even it on is. sale. It is. It's an Obsidian game. They made Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas is freaking amazing. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Floatplane chat bet... says it's pretty darn good. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the fence for the exact same reason you are, right? It's not, it's not quite there to the, like, that's an obvious buy price range yet, but it's... A lot of people have told me that it's a fantastic game, and it is. It is like over half off. So I got a really strong uh, recommendation for Outer Wilds. Like, get Outer Wilds. Yeah, Forget both, about Outer both Worlds. Games, both games. They 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 got released at like a pretty similar time. It was very annoying, um, and I've heard that they're both very good. So I don't know. Huh? What even is this? It's like a, it's a space adventure games, RPG adventure game. Sure. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks for the recommendation. Okay. What else are, what else are we checking out here? Uh, man, everyone's got <laughs> command alt escape says a quarter million on pillow stuffing, but won't buy a $30 game. Okay. Look, There's I a don't, big difference, eh? I don't mind spending money. I don't like wasting money. Okay. Yeah. Like that's the whole, that's the whole it's, thing it, for me. It's the same conversation that you had about the, the Microsoft event, right? hundred percent. You don't mind spending time. You do mind wasting time. Exactly. Exactly. Right. All right. Get GTA five and Skyrim. You know what? Those are two games that also came out during that era of gaming that I didn't get to participate in. Cause I was busy having children and like starting a company and stuff. I don't think I'm going to go back to them, though. I just don't see it happening. The, those are both games that would require such an enormous time investment that I just don't know if I can do it. Titanfall, I already grabbed Thorlem, uh, based on Luke's recommendation for the single player. And that one's player. short. That one is quite short. Yeah. The single player is super short. And there's one thing that's kind of nice is, like, the, the multiplayer is really fun, but it's pretty, like, it's pretty sweaty. There's a lot of tryhards. Um, right. But there is co-op versus ai multiplayer that's also actually quite fun right um, which is cool so you can like play it multiplayer with your buddies um yeah yeah it's cool epsilon seven says both of those games are on game pass i do not have game pass um i don't play games on a consistent on like a regular enough basis to justify game pass i actually spend less picking up the few games that i will play on sale compared to what I would spend on Game Pass. I know. It can be really bursty and I'll I'll play a game for a bit and really enjoy it, but then like just not have the time or whatever to play for quite a while and then want to go back to it. And for me, honestly, I I've looked at the costing and I think I've saved money by not having these subscription services so right. far. So yeah. Uh, Better with Connect asks, hey, when is background play coming to iOS on Floatplane? No. <laughs> yeah, Apple has iOS been updates are tough. Um, uh, I don't know if Jaden is is in the chat, but he'd probably be able to tell you better. He's, he's, Jaden has been wanting to do more things for the app lately, um, and I've been kind of holding him off a little bit just because he is working on some really big things for the website in general. Um, which should also make app development stuff better, yada, yada, yada. He's, he's working on some really big stuff. Then we'll get back to the, the rapid updates for the apps um, later. Yeah. 
Okay, I've got it's someone. My fault, not his. Someone apparently um, super chatted me this and then subscribed to Floatplane to send this recommendation. They want me to get Space Engineers. It's a sandbox game about engineering, construction, exploration, and survival in space and on planets. Players build spaceships, space stations, planetary outposts. Lordy, okay, this it's looks very involved, really cool, and also like an enormous time commitment like to put it in context yeah. i didn't pick up apex legends because i was like ah this is like too much to learn Ooh, i don't know it's an mmo but final fantasy 14 has an amazing story while also being a great mmo i don't know if i want to get into an mmo either guys hmm by the way i do Space already own gta 5 MMO? I just have no, 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 no. Uh, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, don't. Yeah. Did you um, see Final Fantasy nine is getting an animated series? That's cool. No, I had no idea. I'm actually kind of interested. Did you ever play nine? I don't think so, but maybe I might have dabbled with it. Oh yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I'm actually uh, I'm actually kind of interested in any Marvel or Star Wars content these days. Yes, yeah, I'll give it that for sure. I really like the old Final Fantasy movie. Um, I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy movie, that's cool. What about Dragon Age Inquisition? What does the chat think about that? Uh, it's on for $11. Dragon Age. I remember not being a fan when it first came out. Which one is but Inquisition? I'm wondering if it's... Inquisition was after 2, I believe. Because I loved Dragon Age Origins. I put so Dragon many Origins hours was into incredible. that game. Incredible. Like so and then many I hours. I feel like the entire series just took a, a free dive after that. Um, but I am wondering about Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, wow. I still have my save games from Dragon Age Origins. My character, <laughs> Lyra. Hold on a second. What's this? Oh, oh, wow. I got my character. I got my character. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh. There she is. What a badass. I can't. Uh, I don't have it up. Oh, sorry, Luke. You missed it's, out. It's going to be like a while until yeah. I see it. You missed out. You missed out. Uh, Origins is best by far, people are saying. Yeah, I don't know. That's another game that's a huge commitment. And if it's not, if it's not as good as Origins, I'm just, mm, I don't know. I, I Honestly, at that point, I'd rather just replay Origins. Play or Origins something. again? Yeah. 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 Um, Borderlands 3, lots of Zeons. Come on. I'm not playing FPS Diablo. I'm sorry. I played a fair bit of the first Borderlands, and eventually I sort of realized, and someday you'll realize it too, that it's Diablo. I, uh, I, I have a weird idea. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a recommendation, but a weird idea. Um, I have been told, I have heard through the grapevine that Assassin's Creed Unity um, has aged like fine wine. Um, apparently they like fixed it. You're a little bit biased when it comes to Assassin's Creed, Luke. I don't know. I, I think three is an atrocity. I think uh, I, I thought Unity when it came out with, was an atrocity. Um, I have heard this and I'm seeing it for less than $5 and I don't think I want to buy it um, because I think it's probably still garbage. <laughs> but, 
but uh yeah the the all reviews are mostly positive but the recent reviews are very positive i have heard that it runs far far better on newer computers Mm -hmm. and i've heard that they fixed it but i have no idea does ubisoft have a sale going on right now as well is that where this is coming from nope that's steam steam sale oh it's on Uplay as well for four dollars and fifty cents assassin's creed unity you said yeah yeah it's on it's on steam for four dollars and 49 uh well i'll I'll save the uh oh 449 you know what i'm i'm just gonna get it in Uplay. i because of anno i mean it's gonna launch in Uplay anyways yeah so so it doesn't make it oh so i should save the penny is what you're saying oh well uh, i mean i might as well but then but then it's in steam i can't remember how that works exactly no i'm just gonna i'm just gonna grab it on Uplay. yeah yeah it's four four dollars and fifty cents audio surf is great audio surf so good Um, man there's so hmm. many games on sale oh yeah okay you know what i picked up doom eternal recently and i was having some some fun with that it's not it's not a game that i like couldn't put down um or anything it's got a great flow to it though yeah yeah. So, so you've played it? Yeah. 100%. I actually just I just bought it as part of my shopping spree, but I've played it as a like in benchmarking it, and it's one mm. of those games that when I'm just when I'm benchmarking it, I it's kind of hard to put down. Like I, yeah. I end up just kind of yeah. not focused on making a video and focused on just playing a game. Yeah, um, it's uh it's been fun to just like oh, every once in a while I just want to like mindlessly dunk on some monsters it's like okay cool i'll let up the eternal okay i haven't beat it or anything but i enjoy it apparently i need rim world this is 35 dollars, guys a sci-fi colony sim oh lordy no you're getting suggested a lot of like really big like sim and engineering games okay um, so let's remember cool but i'm i don't have babies and i'm not starting a company but i still have children and i'm still running a company more than one Okay, I'm getting a lot of recommendations for Dishonored. Dishonored is cool. I like Dishonored. It's five it's bucks. Should it's I like just a get stealth it? And, stealth and uh, tactical assassination game. Not necessarily assassination. You can, as far as my understanding goes, you can beat the entire game um, as a pacifist. But it's like it's it's very much like a stealth and, and tactics and decision making type of game you approach scenarios in in different creative ways and you get rewarded for it yada yada. All right. It's it's very dark. It's a very dark game. Um, a lot of recommendations for Hades. Is this a dungeon? Hades crawler? is a Hades is a um, roguelike. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's my style. I don't know if you're into roguelikes. Um, it's from Supergiant, which are the people that made like Bastion and stuff. The art's fantastic. The music is fantastic. The voice acting is fantastic. I could I think not the game get into really Bastion. Cool. It's it's nothing like Bastion. Oh, uh, all right. Su- Supergiant. Every game that they've made has been very different from every previous game that they've Interesting. made. Nick, um, Nick is piping in. Hades is insanely fun. I highly recommend. Nick is a big fan of Hades. I like Hades a lot. I don't hundred percent know if it's your style. Um, it's a great game. I don't know if you would necessarily individually get a ton out of it. Okay. If I don't get Valheim, um, Alex is going to crap bricks. It's only 10% off, but I will try it. I'll try Valheim. Okay. Valheim is also a very large investment of time. I- I'll try it. I'll try it. People are saying you can beat it in a week. 
you can beat it in a week of probably pretty heavy play i see okay all right okay and if you just like google everything um oh i don't like you doing go, that if you, if you if you don't google everything it will probably take you a little while oh <laughs> anthony's texting me games too okay why is everyone why is everyone sending me games to buy Okay, yeah, I've got some Anthony recommendations. He wants me to get Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Pricey, but a solid Metroidvania by the guy who made Castlevania. Oh. Uh, also, I don't think it's your jam, but Ace Combat 7 is 75% off, and Project Wingman's a similar price. Both are excellent games for the genre. And I should get Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Actually, I should really get Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Keep All Talking and right. Nobody Explodes is amazing. All right, I got some really good recommendations from, from Anthony there. That was kind of cool, yeah. All right, all right. I think that's pretty much it for the show today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really, really enjoyed it. Had a great time. We will see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Bye. For everyone recommending Kerbal Space Program, I already own it. Thank you. I haven't actually like played it yet, but I, I do own it. I got to try it at some point. And stream ended.